Okay, let's start our discussion of this year's Parshas Tazria Mitzorah, Tafshin Ayin Gimel. And we will start with a general thought. As we know, this Parsha is a lot about words, a lot about Koach Adibur, a lot to talk about, Saras, Tumas Saras, just two points, just general starting off thoughts. One I just heard on the radio this afternoon, Baruch Hashem, Eretz Yisrael, you can hear Torah all day, just find the right station. So the, the Rav that was talking on the radio just made the following Ha'ara. Something that we don't think about, it's just a Ha'ara. And that is three times a day at the end of Shemun Esrei, we say Alokai, Kama, Nitzar Lashon Yimei We call it Alokai Nitzar, but really it's Alokai, Kama, Nitzar Lashon Yimei One would think in the Bakashos at the end of Shemun Esrei, we would ask Hashem, help me learn, Psach Libi Secha, which we do ask. Open up my heart in Torah. Talmud Torah, Kanegat Kulam. Every, every millisecond of learning Torah, the Vilna Gon says is a separate mitzvah. So you would think that's the first thing we ask for. And yet, we have four phrases before we get there. Before we get to Psach Libi Bissara Secha, four phrases about watching our mouth. About Hashem, please give us Siata Deshmaya in terms of what comes out of our mouth. We all check the hechsher about what goes into our mouth. But we have to check the hechsher on what goes out of our mouth as well. Says the, says the tefillah. We say it every, every day, three times. Elokai. Nitzor l'shoni meira. Guard my lashon from, from evil. That's why this is not on the, on the, on the makoros, <coughs> because I just heard it. mirma. And my lips from mirma, from, from trickery. Vulim kalalai nafshi sidom. And from those that curse me, let my soul be silent. Let my soul be like nothing, I shouldn't be affected. Which he didn't talk about, but there's, there's a prog- progression here. Where we start off by saying, from evil, from objective ra words. Then we get to, mirma. Mirma is a bad, it's, it's trickery, maybe the other person, it's not objectively, it's just I know. Then, let me be silent. Nothing. And finally, let me not feel anything. Let me just... It shouldn't get to me at all. It should be perfect, in, even inside. Not that I should control myself and not say anything. But either way, four phrases. And only after that, Torah and mitzvos. The prerequisite, before we get to anything... HaKadosh Baruch Hu, help us with our Kolach HaDibor. Help us control and channel properly the special Kolach that we have that HaKadosh Baruch Hu gave us to uniquely serve Him. As we know, the Kuzari, the four levels of being, the domains, the inanimate objects, the Tzomech, the growers, Chai, alive, Medaber, people. Chai is the animal kingdom. The four levels of being, what defines us as human beings, is our koach hadibur, what we use it for, but it's just a ha'ara that we don't think about. We have four phrases in Shmon Esrei, every Shmon Esrei, before we get to Torah and Mitzvos. Hashem, give us yata deshmaya with our koach, with our koach hadibur. One. The other ha'ara to mention is a story that you probably have heard, but it's quoted here in the Pinia Torah. Uh, I heard it in different versions, but it's a story about Rav Moshe. Rav Moshe, uh, the story, the message being that we have to be careful just not to talk about people at all, even about great people, even about we think there's uh, things that we can learn from people. We have to always be very medactic and careful what we say. There was a story, Masupra, Algonra, Moshe Feinstein. He was eating. He was eating breakfast. 
Amongst the food that was brought to the table, they brought milk. I can't believe it was sakiyot chalav to Rav Moshe. It's got to be containers. It's not bags. There were two two milk cartons that were that were brought to him, both kosher, both yadua, and the guest sees Rav Moshe go for a milk carton, pick it up, put it down, and take the other milk carton. And he takes himself. Doesn't ask for Moshe. He just says, "What? I guess your Moshe doesn't trust that hechsher. I guess your Moshe doesn't doesn't uh, doesn't like that one." And he starts being mafarsim. He thinks it's a mitzvah gedola, right? To be mafarsim. Rav Moshe only drinks blank and not blank. Yeah, we all know they're chal of Yisrael, tshuva of Moshe. Let's say they were both chal of Yisrael. But the Shmuel Aisala Kadafayim, the Shmuel had wings. Whenever one of the gedoli adar say something, you know, and this is even pre-internet. Right, a pre-cell phones. When Ramosha says something, everybody knows about it. Whoever made deals to have this milk, they backed off on their deals, and they heard Ramosha doesn't drink this, it's not Mahudar, and they, they uh, reneged on a lot of their agreements. And Ramosha, and finally, they asked Ramosha, and they said, Rebbe, what's the, what's the issue with the, with the, with the uh, Kashros, with the Isser? Why does Rebbe think it's a hitter to drink? He said, what are you talking about? And he said, no, but remember this guest was over and he saw you. He says, I don't understand. The first milk was empty. Says, That's why I, did. I put it down. It was empty. So I got the second one. What are you talking about? You know, sometimes when we speak about people, you know, could uh, we have to be careful everything we say. And even if it's about the Gdoli Hador, and even if it's about um, some praiseworthy idea or action, you have to be careful. Right? Not to, just not to talk about people. We'll get to other categories of speech, but from a little later. But this is Koach Okay, but before we get to Koach and Saras in these two parshios of Tazri and Mitzorah, there are a couple of smaller issues that we need to talk about. And that is the beginning of Tazriya. So we know before we get to Saras, we have the halachis of a Yoledes, of a woman who has a baby. She has to bring a set of karbonos to the Beis HaMikdash. Right? And Meheri Yibana Beis HaMikdash and the Mashiach will come tomorrow. All the women who are alive, who have had babies, have to bring sets of karbanas. Somebody has five children, five sets of karbanas. They keep a record, and they have to bring the karbanos. We know not only is there a chi of carbon, there's a there's a halacha of woman is tamei for a male baby, for a female baby. All the details of halachas they are discussed in various places in in shops. One of the questions that we've dealt with in the past and had a number of answers is what is the reason that she brings a carbon chatas. One of the carbonas that a woman brings is a chatas. Torah tells us, <coughs> when her days of tahara are finished, 40 days or 80 days, she brings a keves for an ola and a bird for a chatas. And the question that the Gemara already asks is, what did she do wrong? She just did something unbelievable. Amazing. Right? She... Helped her husband fulfill the mitzvah of her revu. Right? She did something amazing. So the question is, why the carbon chatas? So Chazal say, that she, when she was in the pain of childbirth, she must have sworn that she would never do this again. She would never go back to her husband. And therefore, she has to, has to renege on her shvua. Okay, Chazal has that suggestion. Rabbeinu Bachai has another idea. We mentioned others in the past. Let's see the words of Rabbeinu Bachai. Says Rabbeinu Bachai, the chiper aleha. Ein lashon kapara nofel ki im al hachet. Kapara, not only is there a chatas, 
but it says v'chiper, v'chiper. V'leficha carbon zeshe yoledes. There's one other place in the Torah, at least one other place where we have this problem. Why is there a carbon chatas here? What did this person do wrong? And that is parshas naso by a nazir. A nazir also brings a chatas. Why does a nazir have to bring a chatas? Machlokes, Rambam, Ramban, why another brings a chatas we've touched on in the past. But here, why does the Yolvedas bring a chatas? So interestingly, Rabbi Nebuchadnezzar compares the two. Ki machat ob is man haleda, shetatsrichena ha-Torah karbon. What she do wrong? Vi imze ha-karbon, hu al sheba'a bisakana, v'nisla me'amisa. If you're telling me that the carbon is somehow connected to the experience that she just went through, her life was saved, ha-yeroi lashetavi toda. She should bring a carbon toda. Not a chatas. V'lamid hevi tavi ola v'chatas. So why an ola and a chatas? He does not suggest, well, she put herself into the makam sakana, but it's a mitzvah. V'yitachin l'faresh. Says Rabbeinu Bachai, <coughs> it's possible. This is very unusual for Rabbeinu Bachai to suggest something not based on chazal. He doesn't always do this. Usually it's either based on the Ramban, which is one of his Rabbeim, he's an expansion of the Ramban, but here he says something by himself. She's not bringing a chatas for anything she did. Nothing. That, this might be the only time you ever bring a chatas for somebody else's chet. Who's chet? It always goes back to Chava. Always goes back to her. What do you mean? How does childbirth connect to Chava? Were it not for the original sin, were it not for Chava, the chait, haya ha'ada molid im ishto shelo b'derach taiva v'cheshek ela b'derach hateva hagamur, childbirth and everything related to creating a child would not have any negative connotations. There will be nothing negative about that whole area of life. There will be nothing taiva connected, Yitzhahara connected. It would be another function. Just like we eat and we sleep, husbands and wives are together and they create children. That's what it would be. There would be nothing negative, nothing, nothing hidden about it. Keteva ha'ilan, ha'motzi perosa v'chalshana shalabataiva. Like a tree produces fruit. Is there anything negative about that offspring being produced? An apple growing on a tree. Oh, no, no, cover that up. That's very private. No, of course not. It's part of nature. It's part of nature to, for the trees to produce offspring. Only after the chait, when tov and ra became internalized by Adam and Chava, when now there's no longer a state of they were arumim, they were naked, where the Sparno says on that pasik, every part of their body was equal in their eyes. Says Rabbeinu Bachai, the world is a totally different place. Ultimately, climaxing in the child, child being born, but where did that come from? That whole area of, of life has a different ofan. And obviously humans, we are influenced by everything that happened 5,773 years ago. We are connected to the root. The Alkain, and that's the Chatas by a Yoledes. So really, it's being brought on behalf of Chava, but it's bringing on that whole parsha of Adam and Chava, and you can say it's even being brought on behalf of all the men and the women, the husband, the wife. 
The original sin, because connected, says Rabbi Nabachai, to that sin, we really have three mitzvahs. Women were given three mitzvahs connected to Chava. There are more, but at least three that he quotes. What are the three that we mentioned in Babel Malikin? Nida, Chava, and Hadlakas Aner. Rashi Tevis Chana. Chala, Nida, Hadlakas Aner. Those three, how do they connect? He'll explain it soon. But Nida is Pirsa Nida. Um, we'll get to the, the dam that she caused. Chala, I think he's going to quote it in Be'ez Hashem in a couple of minutes. Ula Fisha, Cheta, Hua, Yetzchidu, B'machshav, Ve'akach, L'maysa. Okay, Ola comes first because it's on the Machshava, and then the Chatas. This is the only, could be the only time one brings a Chatas on behalf of someone else's sin. But again, it's not really someone else's. Every woman steps into the shoes of being Chava. Every person, every man steps into the shoes of being of being Adam. He then quotes towards the towards the bottom the Chazal from the Gemara Nida, line sixteen. Bishashi Karas Leilet Kofetas Finish Baas. I will never be with my husband again. She swore out of pain. And it's not a shvua that can be halachically upheld. Therefore, she needs a carbon to be even on just the thought. Nida, Chala, and I'm sorry, the next piece, I didn't give it to you. He talks about how each of these are parallel. Nida is potential life lost. She caused life loss. Chala, Adam, was the Chala of the Olam. He was Hufrash from the ground, and that completed the world. And so too, she does the Mitzvah Chala from Yisakinet, and there, Hadlachas Aner, she was Machabe Oroshal Olam, therefore every Shabbos, she is Madlik Oroshal Olam as well. Just parenthetically, one of the Achronim point out that there is a Minog, the Mishnah quotes the Minog. It's not a Minog that he says you should do if somebody has this Minog. Then they can follow it. There is even a quote in the Mishnah Bura that the first Shabbos after a woman has a baby, the husband lights candles. Husband lights candles. So most Akronim say that must have come from that the woman probably couldn't get out of bed after she had the baby. So, Shalola Vayesh, those women, they made it to Arul. Oh, husband lights candles the first week. But what do the Akronim say that maybe this week she doesn't have to be Madlik Oro Shalola? She already did it. She already brought a child into the world. And therefore, that's the greatest R in the entire world. So the husband could do it this week. So it reverts back. But he was on both of them. But she's, she, she's Osa. She does it. But this is Rabbeinu Bacha. Again, the Chathos of a Yoledes is going back to the early part of the history of the, of the world. Moving right over. Tucked into this section of Yoledes we have a totally extra Pasuk, which Chazal already note is totally extra. The third Pasuk of the Parsha, right after it says, a woman has a baby. And on day eight, do bris mila. We know that. That's true. Parsha Parsha Oh, it's only saying in the because it's after Matan Torah. Not every mitzvah has to be repeated to our Shabbos. Gid Anosha is not repeated. We know it's repeated. The Torah sticks it in. Ubayoma shmini yimol basar alaso. So what is that teaching me? So we know, Chazal tell us in Masech Shabbos that one does bris even if day eight is only if day eight is Shabbos. 
but even if it's Shabbos, Mila is Docha Shabbos, which Malacha is one being violated, not for now, Machlokas we shown him, but one is allowed to do Brismila, one is obligated to do Brismila, even if it's on Shabbos. Docha. What happens if somebody lives in a place without an Erev? So there's a place without an Erev. And one needs to bring the knife, bring some type of materials to be able to do the bris milah. So the minute goes to use a non-Jew. We have a non-Jew, Amir la'akum, babakum, mitzvah milah, this flexibility. Just one halachic issue for the evening. There's a fascinating question that was asked by the Rasid Pesach Frank. I gave you the summary of it in source number three. In the state Tiva Parsha. Happens to be on, printed on last week's Parsha, I'm not sure why, but either way it has to do with this week. The Hart Svi, it's an Aleph Kuflamid Beis, discusses a non-Jew brought all the materials for the bris milah. And then he left. And they're looking around and the Moa's looking and all of a sudden they realize the knife's not there. Where's the knife? And they open the door quickly to try to call the non-Jew and he already left. But they see the knife lying on the street. It must have fallen out of the bag. It's lying there on the floor in the street and there's no Eruv. What do you do? What do you do? <laughs> can't violate these stories. There are that are extra. We don't paskin that machshire mila or docha shabbos. Right? So what do you do? He was asked, Muves she'ila, b'yom shabbos haver goyes kliya mo'ola be'saknasas. V'halach ola darko he left. Ukshe paschos ha'tikit barer that the sakin fell out. La'achar chipus, they saw it outside. Gabay ha'saknasas, the gabay said, I have an idea. We have a magnet in shul. Could we stand at the doorway with the magnet, assuming it's strong enough, and the knife will <coughs> come into the shul and will be able to do the bris? Is that called hotzah? Is that called a hotzah by magnet? Right? He had this 70 years ago. Gabai Beisachnes says, Hitziya lahavi magnet rav atzma, shenimsa b'machsan Beisachnes says, they happen to have a very strong magnet in the machsan of the shul, Right? There's no, nothing, no coincidence in, in, uh, in Judaism. So why do you think we have that here? If I put it in the doorway, I'm not doing anything. I'm just putting a magnet down. That's all I'm doing. <gasps> the knife is here. Look at that. Amazing. So you're the post Gador. This Shiloh comes to you. Probably wasn't on the spot. Not sure. You make the call. What's the, what's the issue? So, where do you look to answer this question? doesn't talk about... A little bit, uh, there's a Gemara that talks about a magnetic force in the bottom of the ocean when boats go over, but Pashtas, the Gemara doesn't talk about magnets in Ilfa Shabbos. So, says the Hartzvi, in a great example of a post who has shots on his fingertips, where do I look to answer this question? It's Gemara and Baba Kama. Obviously, Baba Kama. What does the Gemara and Baba Kama say? The Gemara says in the first parak, If I put a dangerous item on my roof, remember in those days, roofs were basically used like backyards. They left something on the edge of the roof. And I put it in a spot that I should have known that a regular normal wind would blow it off, and it fell off, and it damaged. I am chayiv. I'm chayiv. That's Lumenezek. I'm chayiv. I just put a knife at the edge. I did nothing. What did I do? So I put a rock at the edge of the roof. I didn't do anything. So the wind came and blew it off and it went and it fell on somebody's animal. I have to pay for that? Yes, says the Gemara. It's your Hezek. 
שזה כמו אש, שהתור רכיבה מעביר אש לשלם עם אימס פשט, זה מזיקה. You do something here that leads to an action, a hezek, you're chayef. Says Rav Pesach, if it works for hezek, it works for Shabbos. Again, it's a chiddush to make that comparison, but he says, good enough for me. I think it's hotzah. You're doing something to bring this item into your house. And one might even say, Hilchashabis, in certain ways, is easier. We have a concept of Malachas Machshavas, where the Gemara says, Niskaim Machshavaso, as long as what I wanted to accomplish occurred, I'm Chayiv. So it says, you see, Pesach, it's Aser. Magnet is Aser, that's Hotzah. Other Achronim, we're not going to be Machriya right now, but other Achronim, I'll give you the Chalkas Yoav. Right? He thinks, okay, it's done. This is not normal hotzah. This is not norm. This is not how one normally carries items from Roshus HaRabim to Roshus HaYachid, from a public to a private domain. And therefore, I'll give it to you to the Rabbanan. Okay, but the Rabbanan, the Makamila, the Shinoi, a couple of... You can, find, you can, you can get a hatter. And he adds and says, and don't tell me it's muksa. Why is it muksa? Is it a kli? Is a magnet a kli? Is it a utensil that people use? Says the Chalkas Yoah, fascinatingly, he says, yes! How many people go to the beach with a strong magnet to try and find hidden treasure? See these people with magnets going on the sand looking for watches, looking for everything that people lost in the sand. So people use it. So it has a shame cleave. It's not common. It's not usual. And therefore, okay, it's a Durabban. Okay, that's the halachic exchange for the evening. Machok is achronim about using a magnet. Feel free to ask that question at your Shabbos table. See what answers, see what answers come up. We continue now. We have two entries tonight from the Nitziv, the Hamikdav. Here's the first one. Paragud Bays, we're still in Yoledes. Focusing on Yoledes, we will get to Mitzorah and Sarah's Ezra's Hashem. So the Torah tells us that we know first we have the days of Tumah, 7 and 30, and Tara, 7 and 33, 14 and 66, uh, respectively, for a boy, for a girl. And then we have the Karbanos. She brings the karbanos, she achieves a kapara, she's fully tahora after her 40 and 80 days. Zos Torah's Hayoledes says Pasik Zayin, This is it. Zos Torah's Hayoledes. These are the laws of a Yoledes. For a male and for a female. For the babies. Chazala bothered. This is a very general phrase that seems to be including something. Whenever you have such a general statement, it's usually meant to teach me something. Zos Torah Hayoledes. Chazala Mesechus Krisos pick up on this. And in the Medrash, the Hemekdavar quotes it in source number four on the left side. Zos Torah Hayoledes Yadua. We're going to make it Yadua. Drushes Chazal Mikan Betoras Karnemu Bekrisos. The Gemara says, you learn from here, the fact that Torah is plural. Zos Torah hayoledes, da al koleida she'achar molos, tzricha karban bifne atzmo. What happens if after day 80, let's say, after she has a girl, 
The woman does, I know, she lives far away, she's not near the base of Migdash, I owe the Karbanas, I owe them. Before she gets to the base of Migdash, she becomes pregnant again. And she has another baby, Baruch Hashem. What's the halacha? Now she owes two sets. We don't say that just because she didn't bring the first set, oh, you could include it all in one set of Karbanas. No! And if she has a third one and a fourth one, as long as it's after the the, the, the 40 and the 80 days, she's chayab a whole other set of Karbanas. So a woman could come, Let's say she hasn't been in the base of English for 10 years. She had five kids. She makes five sets. That's what we learn now from Zos Toras Hayoledes. Let's keep that in mind. There is a mission in Mesechus Krisus. Source number five in the Harachet Dover, in the new, the new Nitziv that was put out by uh, Rav Cooperman. I can't say Rav Cooper Jr. He's also a Rav Cooperman. The Meshachachma Rav Cooperman's son put out the Nitziv's, uh, the Harachev uh, Dover. So there he has, he bold-faced, put out a beautiful print of the Harachev Dover. So he quotes the Mishnah Mesechus Chrysos, where Rav Shimon Gamliel made an amazing takana. Rav Shimon Gamliel, in his day, birds got very expensive. Very expensive. It was very hard for women who had babies to bring, you know, if I do an Avera, okay, I can try to control that. But to have children, that's something we should do. So women kept having babies, and they couldn't afford the birds. It was so expensive. So Reb Shimon Gamliel came up and made an announcement in Shul. He said, everybody who's chayiv, as many sets as you're chayiv, all you have to bring is one. You have seven, seven kids, one set. One set, that's it, wiped out. I can't take this anymore. Right? The, the, the bird sellers are monopolizing, and they're... And they're um, Price gouging, forget it, don't worry about it, all you need is one. All of a sudden, demand shot all the way down, boom, he solved the problem, they lowered the prices, everything was wonderful. But for a while there, he just knocked out the din. That's what the commissioner says, line one. Bishosh and his yakro kinin, when the birds got very expensive. Diafilu al chamesh leidos vachamesh zivos. Even for five birds and five zivos, mevia carbon achad. One carbon, that's it. She doesn't even owe the rest of them. How did he not get a Pasuk? It's a Pasuk in Chumash. You have five babies, you owe five sets. It's against the Halacha. We learn out from it. And if you look at the Rishonim there, Rashi, Tosas, Rashba, everybody, they're all bothered. How do you do this? Says the Nitziv, my son gave me an answer. Rav Chaim Berlin, Nitziv's son, he gave me an answer. Unbelievable. Can't read this Pasuk again the same way. Let's go back to the Pasuk. The Pasuk says, again, at the days of Tara Leben Labas, Tavi, she brings an Ola and a Chatas, and she brings it for the Ola Moed, the Tara Bekar Demel, Zos Torah Hayoledes. What's the next Pasuk? This sounds like the last Pasuk in the Parsha. Zos Torah Hayoledes. What do we have next? Vim lo simsa yada deiseh. If she's very, very poor, she can't afford a sheep, she could, she could bring two birds, or two b'nei yonah, instead of the original sheep. Echol olav, echol achatas, v'chibra l'akoin v'tahera. End of the section. Let's get into Saras. Ask Rav Chaim Berlin, why is the summa pasik Zos Torah Hayoledes? That sounds like the last pasik in the section. It's, that's stuck in the middle. That's put right after in Ashira's karbon. Before you get to the Aeneas carbon, right after the rich woman's. Zos, this is it. And then, an afterthought, she's poor. Says Rav Chaim Berlin, it must be, this is where Rav Shimon Gamliel got it from. 
the halacha that a woman is chayiv sets of karbanos for every child is only for a woman who could afford it. That's why this pasuk is put stuck in the middle right after the discussion of the ashira. That's where we learn this from. And then the next blessing is, if she can't afford, if she can't afford a keves, she brings birds. But Zos Taras is only going on the previous pasuk, on the Ashira, the woman who could afford it, not the Aniya. Shiva Gamliel got up and said, you can't afford it? Don't worry about it. He's not being mechadish anything. He's just reading pasuk and chumash. If you look in the, now read, let's read. He quotes, B'ni Yara Lagon, Moreno Chaim Berlin. Hey, he made that ha'ara. So what do you learn from there, line 9? El lamadnu mizeh. Deribu yedahai krozos. Torahs hayoledes. Eina elabashira. Only by a rich woman who could afford all the karbanos, she has to bring all the sets. Avo ba'ania. Dulomatsi lomekam bahachi. Sagi b'karbanecher aledes harbe. That's it. One set. Mishem hachi. Kodem shenis yakru. Garmav shekbaliyo modeh. Before they were so expensive, he agreed. The second they got expensive and nobody could afford them, he just told them, this is the halacha. This is the halacha. You, have to, you don't have to bring anymore. Only, right, only if she's an aniyah. And in the footnotes, Kuberman points out that this is an example of taking a halacha of Torah Shebaal Peh and putting it into Torah Shebaal even where Chazal did not put it into Torah Shebaal Right, this is classic. The Nitziv does this sometimes. The Meshachachma does this. The Svarno sometimes. All the same genre. And that's what he says <coughs> as an example of this. And he points out, fa- oh, he doesn't know why the Meshachachma didn't say it. Here the Meshachachma just says, Lapella. The Bechom, why is those stars in the middle? He says, this is why it's in the middle. This is why it's in the, uh, the middle. Okay, that's the first time Hamikdavar um, that we have for the night. Moving right along. Moving right along. Let's get into Tsaras. So we know the rest of the Parsha, the rest of the second half of Tazria, most of Tazria, the first half of Mitzorah is about Tsaras before we get into all the other halachas of Tumah v'Tahara. Let's focus on the Tahara process of a Mitzorah. Rav Nevenzal points out there are two unique elements to the process of purity for a Mitzorah that we don't normally find by purification processes or by, or by carbonos processes. Right? What we have to do in these parshios are take details that look like nitty-gritty and dig and realize that every detail in the Torah is teaching us something. And we can learn from everything. Just sometimes we have to work a little harder. But we can't turn our back on any pasuk in the Torah or any section of the Torah. So we have Mitzorah. Hashem says to Moshe at the beginning of Mitzorah, this is what he does. There are haircuts involved. There are carbonos involved. There are tevilas involved. There are a, a number of mitzvos. A number of mitzvos involved in the in the uh, section. Reb Nevenzal though zeroes in on two uniquenesses that the Tara have the mitzora has. Source number seven. Right. This is the first half of a piece that he has. Feel free to look at the other half, which I didn't give it to you. But it says Reb Nevenzal. The Kohen takes the sheep and brings it as an asham. In this Pasuk, in this Pasuk is one of the uniquenesses, as we'll see. 
The coin takes the blood of the asham and he puts it on the middle of the ear of the mitaher of the woman coming tar and the and the thumb the on the big right toe. The Number one, uniqueness number one is tnufa. The tnufa that takes place of the basar of the asham with a misorah, tnufa, the waving. The animal, the meat is waved. You have it by a number of karbanos. But only here you have a waving while the animal is still alive. What the Mishnah calls in Menachos, tnufa chai. Picture the scene. The Kohen, the Mitzorah, are holding the animal, holding the sheep. Woo, up and down and right and left, right. Just like you shake a lulav. You shake a sheep. That's what they do. Tnufachai. By other tnufos, we have tnufos by a number of karbanos. But you don't have that by, you don't have it while the animal's alive. You can take some, uh, the chazay, uh, part of the carpet shlamim is, is waved by the, and by the mizbeach. But not while the animal's alive. Here, you, uh, the animal's bang, and then you're shaking it and you're moving it. Tnufachai. That is a uniqueness that we have by a mitzorah. Number one. Number two, that's what he says in the continuation of, um, <coughs> let's say, on line 25. If you look, let's start earlier on line 15. Rashis, Nazvirus ha miyuchad bahanafazu shematzinu b'mitzorah. Mipnei shaloman hadiyuk mitzuyos hanafos gamba karbanos acherim. There are other tenufos that we do by other karbanos and by other baked items. But usually it's done with something that's inanimate or something that has already been shechted. When it comes to the tnufa of the mitzorah, it is unique. Line 31. They wave the, he waves the asham. Different than the carbon toda and the shlamim and the minchasa omer and the minchas sota. All the others that require tnufa. They don't require tnufa chai. That's question number one. Let's answer that question first, and then we'll get to the second uniqueness. Both answers that he'll have will come together. Line 36, from Nevezah points out there is one other place where we have Tznufachai, where we have waving by a live carbon. And that, Nehemi Banabes Amigdash, we'll all be able to do in five weeks. Shvuis. Shvuis, we bring the only Carbon shlamim, that's a carbon seabor, ever. All carbon shlamims are private. There's one carbon that's brought on Shavuot morning in the base of Megdash on behalf of all of Klai Yisrael called the Shkivse Atzeres. The Kvasim, the sheep that are brought on Shavuot along with the Shtehalachem, the special breads that allow us to bring carbonus from the new grain in the base of Megdash. So that also is Tnufachai, line 36. Right, Every detail of Kudshim teaches us something. One other place. What's the connection? Why do we wave an animal alive on Shavuos? And how is that connected to a Mitzorah that's becoming Tahar? Relating to something we mentioned last week, line 40, what is waving in the air symbolize? What's the message? I wave something in the air. I'm lifting it in the air. I'm raising it up. Ha'hanafa ba'avir romezes lehisromamus ha'adam. 
godless Adam, the greatness of human beings. Bishvuis and Kabbalah Torah. Kabbalah Torah. Shvuis. We take a live animal. It's alive, like we're alive, and we wave it and we put it up to reflect that we can bring ourselves up. It's Chag of Matan Torah. It's the day that Hakadosh Baruch Hu got fully married to us. Bishvuis and Kabbalah Torah. Olim Yisraelim and Adarga and Mucha. We go from the darka, from the level of, of barley to the level of wheat, the Omer to the to the Shtealechem. From Pesach to Shvuis, Kishahayu Az Avadim Nechorin Vesulo. That's the message. We wave Chai up in the air. Hisroimusa Adam. Bene Yisrael are raised up. What are we telling the Mitzorah? He's been sitting outside the Machana by himself for a week. Whenever anybody would come close to him, he'd have to say, go away, no, you can't come close to me. Right? He has to wear a, a label that says, right, don't want to talk to him. He's sitting by himself, how does he feel? He's trying to internalize the message of, you know, stopping his speech. So he's thinking to himself, you know what, I'm a nothing. I'm a nothing, I'm a nobody, I'm depressed. What do we do when he comes back to new Fachai, to new Kabbalah Satora? Start again. You're great, you're amazing. You could do it. Come back to the machane. Zui gama mashmo shel anafes karbono achai shel anetar mitzaraso. Towards the bottom, Adam zeh yehud l'shefal amadrega. Right, this guy was in a house. Every time somebody walked into the house where he is, they become tummy. Thomas Owell is like a dead person. It's like what is it? He's like he's like contaminated. That's how we're supposed to feel. So he feels like a nothing. We we raise him up. He misused his special power. So we, now, as he did Shuva, the Tsaras has gone, and now he's on his way back, we give him chizik. We say, just like there's only one other time, this is done. This is done for all Klai Yisrael and Shavuos. Number one, uniqueness. What's the other unique element of the karba, of the process of Tahara, of a Mitzorah? The other uniqueness is Putting blood on body parts. When do we ever put blood on body parts? Blood is usually reserved for sprinkling on the mezveach. That's where we put the blood of a carbon. A lot of symbolism, again, about why each carbon has different halachas in terms of the zrika, on the top of the mezveach and the bottom of the mezveach. Twice, once, two, two that are four, all four. Right, all different messages of the, of the zrikos. But when do we ever have blood of a carpet sprinkled on a person, on their thumbs, on their big toes? When is that done? There's no other halacha to do it, but there was one time in history when it was done. That's in Perach Avdalah of Sefer Shmos. Perach Avdalah, at the end of Parshav Ishpatim, Matan Torah, take two. It's the less famous version of Matan Torah. There's no Aserah Sadibros there. That was in Yisrael, but you have to look at the end of Mishpatim to get Nasev and Ishma. Nasev and Ishma is only in the end of Mishpatim. So if you look there, it's described the service, the karbonos, the avodah that took place. Moshe Rabbeinu, it says, he shechted a couple of animals along with the firstborns who were helping him at the time. It was pre-Levium, right? Pre-Levium and pre-Kohanim. The Bechoros were involved. And it says there that he split the dot. We discussed that in the past. The Rashi quotes a Malach came and, and split the blood. And what did he do with the blood? So the Pasuk says, half of it he sprinkled on the Mizbeach, and half of it he sprinkled on the people. That's what the, that's what the Torah says. Again, the only other time that we find sprinkling on body parts 
is by Kabbalah Satorah. By the original Kabbalah Satorah. Mitzorah. It's a new leaf you could turn over. It's a new Kabbalah Satorah. Line 35. What's the connection? The Mitzorah is coming. Just like Klai Yisrael were coming, a new beginning. At the moment that the Mitzorah is healed, Allah lakabal Torah b'shenis. Be makabal the Torah again. Start anew. Start afresh. You could do it. Al kadekach his dardera ramaso haruchanit beitio shochet halashon. Right. This is what happened. You got so low, but you could go. You could go so far. And Rav Nevezel even adds another element. Maybe the message of the connection to Kabbalah Satorah, the original, is the Ke'ishachad Belevachad. Fa'yichad Sham Yisrael Negadahar, the unity that took place. We need the Mitzorah to get that message also right now. Because as we know, his Avera was being mafred, ben anashim, right? Causing people to distance from each other. Lashon Hara. So you have to realize, Kabbalah Satorah, the way to get back that's also a message that we have to teach this this mitzvah. <coughs> okay. That's Rav Nevenzah. We continue. At the end, I'm not going to read it, but feel free at the end, he says maybe that's why also it's dafka, the ears and the hands and the feet. Because nasev and ishma. Right, nishma has to do with the ears, and the nasa. What do you? What's? What are the action organs? Right, the hands and the feet. The hands and the feet. So we dafka parallelly nasa and nishma. The hands and the feet and the ears. Why don't we do it on the nose? Right, what's wrong with the nose? What the ears? Why the, the eyes? You don't want to get blood in your eyes. Okay, but any anything. Why dafka the ears? Right, so it's nasa and nishma. Says Rav Zal in the continuation in source number nine. Okay, moving right along. Let's go back to the Rashi at the beginning of the Parsha. Again, Tarek Yudalid. Vitziva HaKohen, Yudalid Dalid. Vitziva HaKohen, the Kohen commands the Mitzorah, Velokach Lamita Er, Shtet Siporim Chayosta Horos. He takes two birds, Veit Eres, Veit Shnei Solas, Veizov. Birds are involved in the Tara process. Why birds? Birds are usually a secondary type of carbon. You know, give me a cow, you know, a sheep. Birds? Why birds? Rashi quotes, birds are to teach him, to remind him, Tahoros, Lafisha Hanigaim Ba'in Alashanhara. Nigaim come for Lashanhara. Shehu Maisa Pitpute Dvarim. What's Lashanara? Somebody can't stop talking. He's Mafat like a bird, keeps chirping and chirping and chirping and can't and can't be quiet? That's a Ba Lashanara. They can't stop. They can't stop talking. Get the message of the birds. Right? You're acting like a bird. Take some birds and give them Takarish Barakal. A bird can't stop chirping and chirping and chirping. Whenever we hear a bird chirping outside, we should first think about Parakshira, singing to Hashem. But if the bird is like waking us up early in the morning, we should think about maybe it's the message for us to stop talking too much Lashon Hara. That's the, that's Rashi. Rashi, Pitpute Dvarim. Says Rabbi Yeruchel. It's pretty amazing, source number 10, that this Avera, which Chazal parallel to the big three, Chazal parallel this, and he quotes it, 
Line number six, he quotes this from the Tosefta that the Ramam quotes in the Pirish Mishnayis, Lashon Hara Keneged Kulam. What's the root of it? What's the root of Lashon Hara? Says Chazal through this mashal, not thinking. Just going. Just like being mafatpeit like a bird. Just not being able to stop. That's the root of the problem. It's so easy for us to, to just talk, for everything to come out. We can't stop ourselves. We can't stop ourselves. We just, we just, it just comes out. Line seven. What's the root of Lashon Hara? The root of Lashon Hara is not, it's not so much that, I, that I'm an evil person and I want to tell something over to somebody else. Most people who speak Lashon Hara don't hate the person they're talking about, most of the time. Sometimes you have somebody like that. But most of the time it's just, it's fun. It's interesting. I want to share this piece of gossip. We just can't control ourselves. We can't stop. That's the root. Like a bird. That's mitzav seif b'kololo kaltachlis. That's the root, what Chazal is telling us. Says Rav Yeruchim, what we have to work on is to make it hard for ourselves to get words out. That's what we have to do. Yes, it has, you have to go to the root of it. and to, But... You know, it's so easy for us to talk. And yet, the Chavaz Chaim says this, he doesn't quote this, right? We have three, two at least, three guards, right? We have lips, we have teeth, we have a tongue. We have so many guards, right? No other part of our body has so many guards. Well, well, on the ears, okay, we have an earlobe that could fold over so we don't hear something. A nose, we could close our nostrils. But a mouth, a mouth is, you have lips, you have teeth, but it's so easy. Tsarech la Adam Leos Etzlo Adiba Barov Kvedus Kekovid Evan Vinatalachol like a heavy stone, like you can't lift it. It should be hard for us to to always talk. Chaserwanu Havana Bimitsius Kazosha Kobadibur. We have no asaga what this means, says Rav Yerucham. That it's hard to say something. It's hard to say something. It's easy to say something. The great holy ones amongst us, every word is measured. We all know some of our rabbeim, that everything that comes out of their mouth is measured, is thought about, is focused on. But it's so foreign to us. We just talk. But that's the problem. We have to condition ourselves. We have to somehow think before we talk. I can tell you clearly. He always talks very personally. If we would really think about it, if we would be shomer, to guard ourselves, not to just stam schmoozing. <coughs> Besides the Bittal Torah elements, if they call Dibur Vadibur, if we would think about everything before we say, why am I saying this? Is it worthwhile? Is it, is it, will it achieve a tachlis? Which we'll talk about a very important Ramam soon. Does Hashem want me to say this? If we really start thinking of what we, before we say something, it's going to be hard for us to say something. 
There have been times, says Rav Yerachim, we all know there have been times where it's been hard for us to say something. Maybe we were nervous. Maybe we didn't have the right words. Maybe we were in front of a lot of, a lot of people. We have had moments in our time where it was hard for us to say something. That's what it always has to be. We have to be thinkers before we are speakers. And then he quotes, Ani, line 27, You think I'm a fanatic. We, have, we can't just talk. You can't just like say what we want. And you're probably laughing at me. Like, oh yeah, like how are we ever going to become people like this? I've told you a secret. Told you a secret. We have to become people who don't just talk and talk and talk. As we just said, there are moments we have to realize we have to have more of those moments. The more of those moments. Connected to this is a Rambam that we have not mentioned before, but we should have, so at least we're mentioning it now. The Rambam writes in Pirkei Avos, on the mission in the first parak of the Matsasi Guftov Yosem Ela Hashtika, the Rambam says that every single thing we say in life, if we remember anything from this year, maybe it'll be the Rambam. Maybe it'll be the story about Ramosha. But the Rambam, five categories, everything we say that comes out of our mouth in our life, could be put into one of five categories. And the scary thing is that after 120, Hashem's going to have every single word we ever said, you know, this was all category one. This was category two, category three, eh, right? Five categories, everything. What are the five categories? And we'll try to label them in English as well. Category, it says the Rambam, Ba'ani Omer. The schools of being at the Rambam's cover last week over Pesach. Five chalakim. Source eleven. Number one, mitzuvebo. What does that mean? I wrote the numbers. Number one, achelak arishon. Who are mitzuvebo? What we would call commanded. Commanded. Mitzvos Torah. Who creates a Torah? Vlimuda v'ha'iyun b'pirusha. Mitzvos asev v'tibar tovam. Call a mitzvos any speech. That, that's a mitzvah that comes out of our mouth. That's c- category one. Mitzvah, commanded speech. The first two are easy. Vachelik Asheni, second one, who adib rasher neesar, forbidden speech. Forbidden. Lashon hara and nivel path and all the forbidden. Eight of sheker, lies, rechilus, regal, gidufim, curses, kama mikros, betorah, morim achelik azeh. Right? Number two. So we have Mitzvah and we have Aser. The best and the worst. What about everything else? Let's skip for a minute. Go to number five. Chela Chamishi Hu Harishus. I would call this needed. Needed. Meaning there's a lot of conversations that we have to have because we're, we're part of life. Carpool, shopping, you know, just taking care of stuff. Who's giving the kids baths. You know, I mean, everything can be looked at as a Mitzvah, hopefully. But Rishus. Who business, parnasaso, machalo, mishteu. What's the supper? Right? Is there a mitzvah in asking what's the supper? It's not aser, but it's not a mitzvah. So you know, rishus. That's fine too. The yeser called tzrachav. Vizerishus einenu loratzui v'lamruchag elamratzah rashay ladaber b'chamashiyirtze. That's number five. So we did one, two, five. What's three and four? Three and four are somewhat opposites. Also, three and four are not mitzvos. 
and are not Isurim. But what else do we talk about in life? Number three, It's what should be distanced. Right? There might not be something that's Asur, but There's nothing good about it. Right? It's time talking about topics that have no intellectual, they don't help my brain, they don't help me grow in any way. They don't have any, I don't know, enter, certain entertainment would be included in this. It's not us, sir. We all have some of it. But how much of our speech should be in this category? It's maruchak. Meaning, it's, we, all, yeah, we all need some, some of it. But category four, chelakaravi hu haratsui. The opposite of distance, which we might call sicha betela also, is praiseworthy. What's mishubach? What is ratsui? Hu adibar b'shevach amalos hegyonios v'amidotios. Right, talking about into, right certain topics that are not mitzvos, but they're 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 you can grow from talking about them. You can learn something from them. Some positive ideas that one is one is involved in, right? A certain type of of sciences. Right, so that's that's positive. You can learn something. So that's ratzui. It's not a mitzvah. It's not needed. Five categories: commanded, forbidden, needed, distanced, or praiseworthy. Every word that we say falls into one of these five categories. We have to make sure that as much as we can falls into category one. We also need category five, and hopefully more category four than category three. This is the Rambam. Next time we say something, maybe if we think before we say, like Rabbi Yerucham says, if we think about the Rambam, maybe we'll have a little more kavdus pet, we'll have a little more thinking slowly before we, before we say it. Okay. Two more ideas for the evening. First, I promise another nitziv, so let's get to the Hamikdaver. The Hamikdaver says, all the way at the end of the, of the section, Paragyodalid, Pasik Nun Zion. Pasik Nun Zion. At the entire end of the section of Tsaraas, after Tsaraas, Habayas also, the Torah sums up. To teach me. Lahoros. What's, what is this Pasuk adding? This is the, these are all the laws. Lahoros to teach me. What exactly is that teaching me? So the Nitziv quotes a Ravid. The Nitziv quotes a Ravid in his commentary to the Torah's Kohanim. Where the Ravid quotes a Yerushalmi. And the way that the Nitziv understands this Ravid, let's just read that, line 7, Lamadnu. Sha'af al-gav, shehu talmud vasik. There's a special din by Tsaraas, by the Tara or the, the of a Tsaraas, the paskening of the Kohen of Tsaraas, a special din that a posek is supposed to gather his Talmidim and teach them as he paskins. The Imkain, that's what the Pasik means, Lahoros. To teach, not that Hashem is teaching us, 
But the teacher, the posek, the Kohen, should teach his students about Sara'as as he poskins, Tomei or Tahar. The Imkain Pirus Lahoros, Hainu, Shaha Kohen Yehe More, Bishasha Bamaisalofanov, a Kohen should paskin, Ye Kore Litalmidov, he should call to his students, Ulaharos Lahem, Baayin, Tsuras Hanega Upratov, and to show them this is a Nega, Biyomatameu, Biyomatahar. And that's what the Pasuk says, Zos Torah Tatsaraas, meaning this is a unique Halacha by Tsaraas. You have to paskin, make sure all you tell me didn't hear about it. What do I need this for here? So says the Nitziv, psychologically, you know why I need a special Chiddush here? The last paragraph, left side. Debe'emes, hu bizayin gadol la'adam, she yizkabsu talmidim rabim. Do you think this Mitzorah wants to be the chefza that is discussed in the base managers that day? He doesn't just tell me if I'm Tomei or Tar and finished. No. All the Talmudim gather around, and the rabbi and the Kohen rabbi Paskins see this guy, Tomei, Tahar. He's a teaching tool because that's part of his kapara as well. Usually it's Asr Lasos Kain, but how Shoel, Avozos Taras Hatsaras, that's what it's a special din. Lahoros, Biyamat Ben Atar. That's the Nitziv explaining the Rabbit Vachul. I mentioned there was only going to be one halachic kara today, so I'm sorry. Two halachic karas. There's a Tzitz Eliezer. I thought I mentioned this in the past, but I did not see it in the notes. The Tzitz Eliezer has a tshuva. One of the poskiadar. Sniffed her about seven, eight years ago. Says the Tzitz Eliezer. You know what I learned from this Nitziv? For all the doctors out there. I come from a family of doctors. Many times, what happens every morning in the hospital? A doctor makes rounds. There are grand rounds. The doctor goes over to a certain patient with all the medical students around the bed, and they start making, talking about the case. You think the patient really wants that? Maybe yes, maybe he likes the attention, maybe not. Is that appropriate? That's teaching. They have to. They don't have to do it at the patient's bed. Says it to Eliezer, a doctor has to be very careful based on this nitziv, where there's a special heter hatorah by a mitzorah, because it's part of his kapara, that everybody gathers around as they paskin. But one has to be very careful. I'm, not, I'm just mentioning this to Eliezer. One has to be very careful in terms of how the patient is treated. He remains, let's put it in halachic terms, he remains a gavra and doesn't become a chefsa in the hospital bed. Says it to Eliezer, we have to make sure we ask permission beforehand. You want to go privately to the patient. Some patients, even if it's a great case, let the doctor talk about it separately in the in the uh, auditorium, not around the patient's bed, without talking about it in front of the patient. But if he asks permission, lachara to be mutter, he asks beforehand. But that's the Sicilianus hara based on this nisif. Okay, one final point. We'll end with Repinkus. Repinkus notes the last section of Tsaras, just going back earlier in the parish a little bit, is. Saras of houses, Saras Batim. And we all know the Rashi. Rashi quotes that Saras Batim is really a present. It's really a present. Why? Because the Pazak says, Benasati Negat Saras. What do you mean, Benasati? God's going to afflict us. What do you mean, He's going to give us? No. The reason is because Rashi quotes that there are hidden treasures that the Amorim hid in the walls, and therefore Hashem wants us to get the treasures. So He gives us Saras, and in that way, we're able to break down the walls. Okay. The Zohar quotes the Rev Pincus. 
has a different pshat. The Zohar tells us, we're getting into Rishonbayachoy territory now, so we have to, uh, to uh, brush up on our Zohar. Line three, Yisrael, Aritveikim heim b'kudshabrichu, umitoch ahavaso osam, hechnisam la'eretz ha'kodesh, lahashrosh chinaso alehem. B'nei Yisrael, Hashem loves them. Hashem brought us into Eretz Yisrael to be mashu hishchina on them. This is a summary of the Zohar according to Rapinkus. Regarding Malechas and therefore, this Saras Habayis, Halacha, is part of the Hashras Hashchina in our houses. How? Explains Rapinkus. We know by the Mishkan, <coughs> the Pasuk tells us, We've discussed that. There was special kavana in every stage of the building of the Mishkan. We spoke about it a couple of weeks ago. The Medrash gives the mashal. It's as if on every bolt and board in the Mishkan, it's, it was labeled Lashem. It was Lashma. There was a tremendous, there was tremendous Kedusha and Shechina achieved in the Mishkan because of the Kavana of how it was built. Says Rav Pinkus, line 10, these Kananim over the Avodah Zarah, they, who knows what they had in these houses that we moved into. In the, in the public houses, in the private houses, Hashem wanted to figure out a way that Kla Yisrael could rebuild these houses Bikdusha Vitara. He didn't want them living in these houses that were built Betuma. Bikdusha Vitara. Saras Habatim. Cut out some of the walls, redo it, redo it Lishma to build a house L'Shem Shamayim with Siata Deshmaya. That's the message. And says Pinkus, what about if somebody Bisman Hazer moves into a house? Moves into a house where maybe the previous owner wasn't, didn't build it L'Shem Shamayim. How do we build our houses with the, with the best kavanas? And L'Shem Shamayim, he says it's easy. You don't have to knock down your house physically. All you have to do is to fill it with Torah and mitzvahs. When we fill our houses, when we put up a mezuzah on the door, when we fill our houses with learning and with mitzvahs and with chesed and with aparshas chal, as we spoke about before, mitzvahs in public, mitzvahs in private, that imbues the walls of the house as if we're building it from the start with Kedusha. So too, Kachi says, towards the bottom, Ha'adamatzmo, we can build ourselves. But says the Zohar, that's the message. The more we do, the more we affect our surroundings, Saras Habayis is to get us to rebuild our houses, Bikdusha Vatara, and we have our ability today, Bikdusha Vatara, to build, to be Mashre the Shechina, that HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants to reside in our houses. We just have to let him open the door and let him come in. Okay, this takes us to Hashem Mitzvah. Next week we'll get back to Wednesday um, for the uh, next... Parsha.